At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. It's the final hour of the look at right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. It is Greg Peterson holding it down as Scott Seidenberg was on the nightcap tonight. So we've got sort of the cycle of life. I wind up coming in on here and happy to do so as we've got a lot of action that's going to be going down on Friday. We've already hit on some college basketball games and I'll be refreshing quite a few of those in the final hour. We've got to be taking a look at to what is going to be a jam-packed football weekend as well. And we've got to be taking a look at one of the greatest spectacles when it comes to college football that we see every single year. That would be the Army-Navy game. It's going to be going down at MetLife Field, and we've seen a little bit of movement when it comes to this game. It opened up with Army being an eight-point favorite in a lot of spots. You saw a couple seven-halves as well. Now you're finding it as a straight seven pretty much across the board. And your total on this game, well, it has cratered. It started out in a lot of spots right around a 37 as the opener. Now you're finding it at a 34.5, and I think that the move is just fine. You just take a look at this Army-Navy game. You don't get overs in it at all. I mean, it has been absolutely ridiculous. You just go through the track record of it, and you've got two teams that they're not going to be earning the ball out a lot. you got two teams that they hang their hat on defense. I just can't take this settle over. Every single year, I think, oh, the total is low. Perhaps we'll finally find some scoring. And every single year, both teams wind up bounding each other to oblivion, and you wind up just getting like 10 to 3, 17 to 3, 7 to 3. List goes on and on. It's just a case in which I cannot advocate for the over as you don't have a single guy in this game who's thrown for 550 yards of the air. I, that is just absolutely hilarious. And you take a look at Arby's quarterback, and well, you don't have too much with Mr. Christian Anderson. The good news is he hasn't thrown an interception this year. The bad news is I think that he won breaking 100 yards once. Twice. Sorry. I, he, it's just a case in which you don't have any sort of a passing game whatsoever with either of these teams. They are going to be pounding the ball. The clock is going to be running. It's going to be smash mouth, hard nose football. Now, I do think that there is a little bit of value on here on Navy getting seven. We see it every single year. This game is so close just based on the way that these two teams wind up playing. And with Navy, they wind up playing some of their best football towards the end of the season. They wind up getting a nice win against Tulsa on the road. 
Now, they wound up losing on the road against Notre Dame, but that's obviously a respectable loss. They wound up hanging in there against an East Carolina bunch. That was pretty respectable as well. Then you take a look at Army. They are coming in rolling relatively well. The win on the road against Liberty, got to give them a lot of credit for that. But you also take a look at their schedule, and it's not necessarily the world's greatest. They wind up giving up 70 points a week for us, which how you wind up getting a game involving Army that winds up Scoring a total of 126 points is ridiculous. I mean, sometimes you don't find the Army basketball games getting to 126. So, I mean, that's something that is just a big, giant anomaly. They wound up having a spirited effort against Wisconsin earlier in the year. But you take a look at who they wound up playing in this four-game win streak. Air Force, a bunch of which, not necessarily bullish on them. The bracket bust in Bucknell Bison. A school that has done some things in college basketball. And as a matter of fact... Here's a trivia question. Here's a trivia for you guys. They played in the first ever Orange Bowl Bucknell did. That shows you how long Bucknell football has been playing, and that shows you where it's at right now. They're right now in the Patriot League. That is an FCS school. and did not wind up going to the FCS playoffs. And if you're looking for something to be able to bet on on Friday when it comes to football, by the way, you do have the Montana versus James Addison game. I've got absolutely nothing for you whatsoever. I'm not going to try to... Uh, I'm not going to try to put smoke up your rear or anything like that. I've got nothing on that. So and we don't have anything there. But with that said, when it comes to this Army-Navy game, just a case of which I feel like Army has played a relatively soft schedule. So I do think that that winds up leading into part of the reason why I do feel like they're a little bit of a paper tiger here with Navy. They've just been playing good competition all year long. Obviously, they weren't able to figure it out at the beginning of the year. But, I mean, they even wound up playing a seven-point game against Cincinnati earlier in the year. I recognize that it was on their home field. It certainly is a Cincinnati team that was able to get online after that. But I do think that Navy has a good chance of being lying in this game. I do think that when it comes to Navy as well, what is going to be a big key for them is just being able to do a good job of being able to force a turnover or two. I think that whatever team winds up being able to force a turnover to, they're the ones that are going to be able to have the upper end. I think that Navy is going to be the team that winds up doing so. I can't take them on the money line, but when it comes to being able to get seven in this game, I think that it is of a premium because it's something that I always take a look at when it comes to college basketball as well. When you wind up having lower scoring games, being able to cover double digits in a college basketball game when the total is, say, 120 is different than when the total is, say, 150. And that certainly is the case, in my opinion, when it comes to college football as well. So I do take a look at this spot. I do think that there is some value here with the 7. And I am not willing to jump on the over here. I There's been really nobody at the network that has been willing to. I am not going to be the first guy to do so. I just cannot see it there. Something else I could see is things with regards to the college football playoff getting really interesting as well. As we know, this is going to be taking place New Year's Eve. And when it comes to both of these games, I think that they're both going to be intriguing. And the one that I think is going to be the closer one is obviously the Georgia versus Michigan game. I just think that Cincinnati is going to be in a horse apiece situation right now. You're finding them as between a 13 to a 13 and a half point underdog. I would jump on Alabama right now. I cannot see Alabama getting bet against. I cannot see this line coming down any further. This is probably going to be a game which I could see it winding up closing more around 14 and a half, 15. Maybe you even get a little bit higher than that, but I think that Cincinnati really going to be up against it. I just mentioned it. Navy wound up hanging in there in a game against Cincinnati. Now the Bearcats have been playing significantly better, but you take a look at Bryce Young. He's going to be getting the Heisman Trophy out there in New York. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. If you've got a futures wager on anyone else, I would try to edge out right about now because it is not going to get there. I mean, Kenny Pickett, congratulations to him being able to get there. C.J. Stroud has had himself a nice year, but Bryce Young was able to win that Heisman Trophy when he was able to take down Georgia. But I know that we were talking to Dave Ross on Tuesday. He wound up saying that he thinks that there's a good chance that Michigan winds up winning this game outright against Georgia. But I can't side outright, but I do think that there's value getting between 7.5 and eight here with Michigan. The thing with Michigan is I really like the way that this offense is structured. When it comes to Cade McNamara, he's been relatively efficient, and he's just sort of been a guy that has been out there doing his job. The big thing for Michigan is him not turning the ball over, and thus far he certainly has been able to do so. I think that he's going to be able to do so once again in this game. Now when it comes to Georgia, up until that Alabama game, they were looking like really the greatest defense that we've seen 
perhaps in the 21st century. I might be exaggerating a little bit there, but I mean, this is a bunch of, they have been doing everything right, but when it comes to this Michigan team, what they do a nice job of is they've got two very complimentary running backs in Corum along with Haskins that are really able to do a nice job of being able to move it and both give you guys a little bit of a different dimension. Haskins wound up having the big breakout game against Ohio State. He wound up being able to put up five touchdowns in that game, but both of these guys I think are going to be having a big imprint on this game. And when it comes to Michigan, they don't quite have the same defense, in my opinion, as Georgia, but I think that if you're looking for another defense that is relatively on par, it certainly is the Wolverines. The Wolverines give up a little bit more on the ground, but they've been able to do a solid job of being able to bottle up the pass as well. And I don't have a lot of faith here in Stetson Bennett because we could talk about the deficiencies that Michigan has with regards to their passing game. Stetson Bennett, he's an okay quarterback. I mean, he does a perfectly fine job of not turning the ball over, aside from when he winds up playing against Alabama. He's a guy that completes darn near 64% of his passes, but he's not a guy that's going to be able to take the top off of a defense. I do think that the secondary of Michigan is certainly going to be able to hold up in this spot. And when it comes to Michigan as well, I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job against Zaire White and company as well. When it comes to this Michigan team, what else I do like is one of their main pass catchers in Cornelius Johnson. Whenever they've needed him to be able to come up with a big play, he certainly has been able to do so, has been bottled up a little bit more in recent weeks, but that's because the team hasn't necessarily aired it out a lot. When they needed him against Indiana, he was able to have a 100-yard game for this team. And when it comes to just getting back to Cade McNamara, what he's been able to do with regards to this offense, 15 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. I think that that's paramount. We could talk about the fact that he doesn't wind up having these flashy statistics or anything like that, but every time they've needed him to make a play, he has been able to do so. Now, I was a little bit concerned by that interception that I wound up seeing in that game against Iowa, but that's just one play, and I do think that he is going to be just fine when it comes to this game. And when you take a look at both of these teams up front, I do think that the Michigan offensive line is going to be able to hold up against that nasty front seven of Georgia, no question. Georgia has been historically good on defense, but I do think that this is a game in which it is going to be good old smash-mouth football. Neither of these quarterbacks are probably going to be airing it out for more than 200 yards apiece, so I think that you're going to be seeing yourself a good old slobber-knocker sort of game. I could almost see this being much like what we wound up seeing with Georgia versus Clemson back in week one because Clemson was another team that their defense was absolutely superb. Their offense was pretty much non-existent. If they would have been able to get DJ Uwe Ungerle a little bit more online earlier in the season. Who knows what winds up happening, but that was a 10-3 game. I could, I think 10-3 might be a little bit ambitious, but I would have a very tough time even considering it over in this spot. I think that it's going to be a 1-17 game win, so I do think that the under has relatively solid value, and the under yields a lot of value with regards to the underdog in Michigan because trying to be able to win a game by more than a touchdown in this spot, I just don't think is going to wind up happening. I think that both of these teams are going to be able to do a great job defensively. I think that you're going to have both of these teams looking to run the ball. I do think that when it comes to Alabama versus Cincinnati, you are going to be seeing more points up on the board with Cincinnati. Defense has been relatively solid, but I think the Price Young is going to be able to pick them apart. So when it comes to this Georgia versus Michigan game, I do think that there's a lot of value with this dog. Meanwhile, with Alabama, I think that there's value with the favorite. You know what else yields a lot of value? College basketball. We're going to be taking a look at some games for Friday up next, right here on The Look At, as you're listening right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Beeson Bowl Betting Guide is almost here, and it is chock full of everything that you need to be a smarter better on every one of these bowl games. This year's guide provides you with matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to be able to help you make your best bets this season. The guide is designed to be able to give you an edge whether you're betting on every one of these games, playing contests, or you just want to find a, cute, a few key high-value props the guide is going to be dropping December 13th, so make sure to get your copy today. And it's only $19.99. That is at vsun.com slash subscribe. As it is a it is a look at, it is myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg on this wonderful, now Friday morning out here on the West Coast. We are now all experiencing Friday. For those of you guys that are listening on the East Coast, it is either 45 minutes or Three hours and 45 minutes that Mitch and Paulie are going to be coming your way from Foxwoods out there in Connecticut. Depends on whether you're listening to this live or if you're listening to the replay. If you're listening via podcast, well, I can't help you out there, unfortunately. But with that said, it is going to be an absolutely tremendous show out there. And it's absolutely tremendous that we've got some great college basketball action that's going to be happening on Friday. I like to call this a day in which you've got a lot of stake, not necessarily a lot of sizzle, as you've got a lot of Good, hearty mid-major teams in the final segment of the show. I'm going to be recapping my New York Post play and taking a look at that. But how about if we take a look at a game that I think is going to be really fascinating? As you've got 871-872, the battle between the Tortoise and the Hare. Appalachian State hits the road to face off against Furman. The Paladins, and I have no idea why they don't call themselves the Furries. I think that that would be a really interesting match, Scott. But with that said... The Boring Paladins, anywhere between 7.5 and 8-point favorites. Your total on this game, you're finding it in most places a 136.5. Here at Circa, where I'm at, they've moved now to a 136.5 as the opener was 135.5, and I do agree with the move. This is a game in which I wound up setting a total of a 144.5. I wound up setting Furman as a 10.5-point favorite. When you take a look at this Furman team, they're a bunch that has a really good backcourt. Alex Hunter along with Mike Bothwell. They're combining for about 34 points per game. Both of these guys are relatively rock solid. Now they're going up against an Appalachian State team that, with regards to defensive efficiency, they've been relatively solid, but we're seeing the same deficiencies that they wound up having towards the beginning part of the season last year. That'd be Justin Forrest not producing. Justin Forrest last year, he was averaging right around 18 points per game in the final 20 games of the season, but first 10 games of the season for an Appalachian State team that did wind up making the NCAA tournament, he was not there, and it's a big reason why they struggled, and it's a big reason why Instead of getting more around a 14 to a 15 seed, they were stuck as a 16 seed. And when it comes to Appalachian State, I just don't know who matches up with Jalen Slauson. Slauson wound up having a triple-double about a week or so ago for this Furman team. He's been able to put up 17 points, 9 boards, 3.5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. I mean, this guy does it all for this team. And when it comes to Furman, with regards to possessions per game, they rank in the top 25. This is a team that they play up-tempo, but at the same time, they're efficient as well. They rank in the top 40 with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. Now, you take a look at Furman, and if you do have a little bit of deficiency for this team, they are giving up the arc there. 278th in the country when it comes to opponent's three-point shooting percentage, but take a look at Appalachian State, and this is not a team that is necessarily lighting it up from three-point range himself, so... That certainly helps with the struggles of Forrest. They've been looking to Adrian Delph a little bit more. and He's been doing a nice job with the offense. 16 and a half points, five boards per game. Nobody else on this team is averaging more than nine and a half points per game. So that's a little bit of a deficiency. They shoot about 33% from three. Not great, not terrible. Out of 358 D1 teams, that ranks right around a buck 95. So you got a little bit of something there. And 
I think it's so intriguing when it comes to say Appalachian State team. What they really cut off is shots from within the three-pointer or within the arc. So I mean, they have forced teams to shoot threes out of the, I would say, 54 shots that they face on a per-game basis. 26 of them are from distance. But that is with regards to three-point shooting rate. It's in the top 25 in all of college basketball. So they want teams to be able to shoot threes. And as a result, they've been able to do a good job of being able to limit offensive rebounds. They give up about six second chances a game. That ranks in the top 20 in all of college basketball. But you've got a Furman team that, for one, I think that they're going to be able to do a little bit of a better job on the glass because you just take a look at this Appalachian State team. You don't have a single guy giving you more than 5.1 rebounds per game. That would be James Lewis Jr. And then you've got Delph, who's also giving you five boards per game. So they don't necessarily have ideal size. And you need some of these other guys to be able to step up as well. You need someone like ACJ Huntley, who's been able to give the team only about five points per game and has been seeing a couple starts to be able to add a little bit of something. Meanwhile, for Furman, I had a little bit of a question mark when it came to the depth of this team. Garrett Heim, Marcus Foster, both averaging 7.7 points per game. They've been able to emerge with with Hein, he's been able to give you right around two and a half assists per game as well. So he's been able to do a nice job there. And this is a Furman team that they themselves are able to do a relatively rock solid job on glass. It's not great, but at the same time, hasn't been bad. And this has been a team that's been a little bit unlucky. Opponents against them have shot right around 75 to half percent the free throw line. Appalachian State certainly doesn't shoot that well. So I do think that there's a lot of good value here on Appalachian State. Set them as more around a 10 and a half point favorite. When it comes to speeds, I typically find it to be a little bit easier for a slower team to be able to slow down a faster team. But in this case, I disagree because if you do wind up having, say, an eight-point game with a minute left to go, you know what that means. Fouls. They are going to be hacking away like lumberjacks. I could see that once again happening in this spot. So I take a look at Furman. I think that there's good value on the 7.5. I do think that there's good value here on the total. Set this total more around a 144.5 myself. I think that's going to be really interesting to take a look at this one on the extra games board. If you're looking at this one and you're not finding it overnight, it is going to be popping in the morning. 306-115, 306-116, Boise State playing on Prairie View A&M. This is a line that has moved quite a bit. They opened up, Prairie View did, as a 17-point underdog. We're seeing in a lot of spots a 16. I'm even seeing a couple 15.5s. Where I'm at at Circa, you're finding a 15.5. Your total game is anywhere between 138.5 and 139.5. Now, this is a really fascinating spot because you've got a Prairie View team that they rank in the top 60 in all of college basketball with regards to possessions per game. They play quite a few unders, though. The reason why they play a frenetic pace in which has a whole bunch of turnovers. Prairie View themselves turns the ball over turns the ball over over 15 times per game. Meanwhile, they force their turn they force their opponents into a bunch of turnovers. They get over 10 steals per game with regards to steals on a per possession basis. One of the best teams in all of college basketball. I cannot back Boise State in this spot. And as a matter of fact, I find a big differential here. I set Boise State as an 11 half point favorite. The reason why? Boise State has not been able to find themselves offensively at all. This is a bunch that is shooting, I kid you not, 56.5% at the free throw line. And you've got a hack-heavy team in Prairie View. A lot of the points that Prairie View gives up is because they find themselves in the bonus because they're going for steals. They're going steal or foul mode. And that means that Boise State is going to be shooting free throws, and that has been the kryptonite of the team. How or why, I have no idea. But out of 358 D1 teams, they rank 358th. That is not what you want from Boise State. And when it comes to Boise State as well, you've been able to get... Pretty much this program to become Pac-12 North for one because you've got Abu Kiab, Emmanuel Akot, along Donavere Dutrieff. All these guys wind up coming in from Pac-12 schools. All these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job with Kiab. He has been able to do a nice job being able to pump in there right around 13 points per game. He's been able to lead the way with seven boards, but shooting 54% of the free throw line and 18.5% from three-point range. That is not necessarily ideal now. What Boise State also does is they do a good job of being able to shut down the three-point arc. Opponents are shooting 13 threes per game against them. That is number one in all of college basketball. Good news is Prairie View doesn't shoot like any threes whatsoever. This is a team that they're looking to get onto the interior. So all the things that Prairie View doesn't necessarily do well, they're not necessarily going to be massed in this game. All the things that Boise State does terribly, they are going to be on full display in this game because there's probably going to be a lot of free throws. Prairie View is probably going to be looking to the interior. Now, Boise State, they themselves have been a very good defensive team. With regards to two-point shooting percentage, they rank 60th with that regard, 44.5%. You'll certainly take that. This is a Boise State team that they've really had to unmask a new identity. 
identity because they're without Ray J. Dennis. They're also without Derek Olsen, two of their main backcourt pieces from last year. So it's been a little bit of a new look team when it comes to Boise State. But I do think that there's good value here on Prairie View, a Prairie View team that if you take a look at who they have played this year, it is just a murderer's row of teams. They wind up having to play against Michigan. They wind up having to play against Oklahoma State. list goes on and on of power schools, and they've been able to do a good job of hanging in quite a few of these games. I think that they're going to be able to hang in this one. So I take a look at this, and I think that you should be finding yourself a much lower total than what we've got right now. Set this total at 132, so between 138 and 139, going under, and I see some good value here when it comes to Prairie View being able to catch up points. We talked about one Wisconsin school already. How about if we talk about another one? UW-Green Bay, the Phoenix. This is 883, 884 on the betting board. They hit the road to face off against UMKC. UMKC is finding themselves as a favorite of 8 to 8.5 points in your tolerance game is anywhere between 126 and 126.5, and, and when it comes to UW-Green Bay, it's intriguing because they have really taken on the identity of Will Ryan. If that name sounds familiar, his father is Bo Ryan. We all know what Bo Ryan did with the Wisconsin Badgers, and guess what? UW-Green Bay, they're playing very slow. They're emphasizing not turning the ball over. They're emphasizing good free-throw shooting. I don't think that they're going to be able to cover this summer because with the UMKC, they are one of the biggest slogs out there in all of college basketball as well, but they're shooting as a collective 36.5% from three-point range. You've got a six-foot-eight combo player by the name of Josiah Alec who's been able to do a good job pumping in their double figures. You wind up bringing in their Anderson Coop as well. He was playing at Lamar last year. While he was at Lamar, he was a double-figure scorer. He's been able to take that to UMKC. We're going to be wrapping up this preview on the other side. And then once we wrap this up, we're going to be taking a look at another Green Bay out there on the gridiron as well. So we're going to have a lot of Wisconsin love on the other side. It is a look at right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. As you got about two segments left, kids. We have a new prop tracker available at vcin.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement for each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, matchup data, and so much more for every single game. Now at vcin.com slash NFL as we're back here on the look at it. It is myself, Greg Peterson. We're going to be going a little bit of Green Bay heavy this segment. I am a gentleman that is from the great state of Wisconsin, so I'm sure anyone that is out there listening from my home state is very happy about that. But we were talking on the other side about UW-Green Bay against UMKC, and we're going to be talking a little bit more after this about the Packers versus Bears. But when it comes to this UWGB versus UMKC game, I take a look at the Kangaroos. I think that they should be closer to a nine-point favorite as we're finding them anywhere between eight and eight and a half. And when it comes to UMKC, this is a team that has been playing some very stifling defense. But you do take a look at this spot as well. And you've got a pair of teams that they are playing slow. And by that, I mean very, very slow. Take a look at UW-Green Bay. With regards to possessions on a per-game basis, they are 331st in all of college basketball. UMKC, they certainly aren't Blazers either. They are 324th. So you've got slow on slow. And sometimes... This winds up leading to a big giant over, but I do think that that is not going to be the case here because with UW-Green Bay, you just don't have a lot of three-point shooting. A bunch of ass shooting, about 26.5% from three-point range. When it comes to UMKC, got a little bit more respectability on their side with Evan Gilliard, a guy that winds coming in from New Mexico State. He's been able to give the team right in the neighborhood about 12 points per game, so he's been able to do a nice job there. And you always have to be betting on a team that's nickname is the Kangaroos. I mean, that's one of the best nicknames out there in college basketball. I think it's partially why I've been taking Youngstown State quite a bit, the Penguins. But you take a look at this team actually seriously. Mar- Marvin Nesbitt, right around nine and a half points, six boards per game. He's been able to do a solid job. You've got a UW-Green Bay team that you just don't have a lot down low. You don't necessarily have a lot of depth. Diane Van Ivory has been able to give you right around 11.5 points per game coming in from Boise State, but I don't think that's going to be enough. And what UMKC does a really good job of, not allowing second opportunities. They've given up 5.3 offensive rebounds per game. That is number one in all of college basketball. So I do think that UMKC, a team that is in the top 45 with regards to three-point shooting, going to be able to bury enough shots to be able to get it done in the spot. When it comes to the total, I do think that it 
is very intriguing as well because I wound up saying my total at a 126 and a half. So I'm going to be waiting on a little bit of a line move here. We're seeing a couple stray 126s at a 126 flat or lower. I'll be taking a look at the over. So if we wind up seeing a little bit of shrinkage, it certainly is going to be a spot in which I'm going to be taking the over. But sometimes people like to bet overs. And if we're able to get north of 127, then we are certainly going to be taking a look at that as well. So waiting on a little bit of movement there. But when it comes to Packers versus Bears, we've seen a little bit of movement with regards to this line as well as we transition into a little bit more NFL, but certainly going to be a fascinating game because I was talking about it a little bit more about 90 or so minutes ago. If you're listening on VEASAN.com, wherever you're listening, you're able to rewind, listen to that. But I think that Green Bay has a good chance of being able to win the NFC if they wind up getting home field advantage, a big key to that winning some of these games, and I think that they should be able to win this game comfortably against the Chicago Bears, as right now you're finding the Packers as a 12.5-point favorite with your total anywhere between 43 and 43.5. And What's intriguing about the NFC North is that three out of the four teams in this division have played two-thirds of their games to the under. You've got the Bears, Packers, and Lions, who have played four overs to eight unders. I think that this could be a spot in which we wind up seeing the Packers cover with the total not getting there to the over, because when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, They've, for one, been the owners of the Chicago Bears, but just take a look at all the disarray when it comes to the Chicago Bears. And it's been absolutely sad to see. You've got a guy in Andy Dalton who has been getting the start in recent weeks. Justin Fields seems to be improving a little bit, but who knows if he's actually going to be going out there or not. We're waiting for a little bit more information there. But when it comes to Green Bay Packers, I don't care if it's Justin Fields. I don't care if it's Andy Dalton. They would probably need to unearth Sid Luckman somehow, some way for them to be able to have a shot. And Andy Dalton is questionable himself. So, I mean, you've just got a bevy of injuries. And it's right now going down for the Chicago Bears if they decide, you know what, we're going to just bench Justin Fields for the year, which it doesn't sound like it's going to be the case. Sounds like you are probably going to be having Fields go out there as he wound up getting medically cleared. But, man, I mean, it's just a really bad situation because I, I could legitimately see a situation which the brass up front says, you know what, Matt Nagy, you're done. We're going to just completely bench Justin Fields so that way he doesn't get any more hurt. It does no good to be teaching a guy a system of which he's not going to be using moving forward because, I mean, if Matt Nagy winds up returning as Chicago Bears head coach, there needs to be some question marks that are raised as to why in the world this is happening because right now the Bears' offense are on pace for fewer passing yards per game than when Sid Luckman was out there. That was in the 1940s, and Here's a little bit of a secret that I'm sure that you all know. In the 1940s, there wasn't a whole lot of passing in the NFL. It has evolved a little bit over time. But then you just take a look at the Packers. They themselves have been dealing with quite a few injuries, and they've been able to get through them, and they've been able to get through them very well. You've got a guy in Aaron Jones that has been banged up the last few weeks. His workload in the games against the Seahawks and the Rams, you can tell that it's not necessarily quite there. I think that he's going to be a little bit closer to 100% in this game. The Packers being able to get a little bit of a buy, I think certainly was able to help them out. Now you take a look at Devontae Adams. He was a little bit banged up as well. I think that that week of rest probably did some good for them. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, he's listed as questionable. We all know that he's going to be going because he wound up showing everyone his stinky foot a couple weeks ago. But I do think that you're going to have the Packers firing all soldiers in this game. And when it comes to the Packers, they've been dealing with some injuries. You guys like a Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari up front. Now, they're still dealing with a few of those injuries, but... Bakhtiari has a chance to be able to play in this game. Sounds like they're going to be without Randall Cobb, but you still have other guys that are able to support him, like Equianimus, St. Brown, Alan Lazard, and really, I mean, let's call it what it is. The Packers offense has just been completely flowing through Mr. Devontae Adams, so that is the key one that you want to be taking a look at. I think that he's going to go, and even if he doesn't wind up going, I mean, that provides a little bit more value to the under, but then Packers probably wind up winning this game like 21 to 3. I just don't see a way that the Bears wind up putting up much on a Packers defense that, though they've been dealing with injuries, they are going to be able to do a rock solid job, in my opinion. So I take a look at this spot. I think that the Packers could be able to win a very low scoring game by two touchdowns just because the Bears' offense just has complete and utter ineptitude at this point. What I don't think is absolutely inept is this NFC North. I think that we've got a very interesting battle that is going to be going down on Sunday between the Ravens and the Browns. And we've seen a little bit of a flip of favorites. A lot of spots wound up opening up the Ravens as a very, very slight favorite, as we're seeing it right now. 
with the Browns. You're finding them in a lot of spots right around a two and a half point favorite at DraftKings. They just moved it to a three. Though, if you're laying the three with the Browns, you are getting even juice. If you're getting the three points with the Ravens, you're going to be laying more around a plus or right around a minus 120. And your total on this game, it is 42 and a half. I was talking about this a little bit earlier in that. I just can't trust in Baker Mayfield at the current form of him. You can tell that he's banged up. You can tell that he is trying to get it out. It just is not yielding very good results. So I do think that in return, he's also going to be taking a lot of flack for the whole Odell Beckham situation, which neither of these guys are necessarily looking good. He hasn't had the world's greatest few weeks Odell Beckham has with the Rams as they've wound up losing ever since he wound up getting there. And then obviously you've got the case of Baker Mayfield not being able to get it done. And the last time these two teams wound up playing, you wound up seeing the Ravens be able to get that win by kind of 16 to 10. I think that it's going to be a little bit higher scoring in this game. The total 42 and a half. It certainly has cratered a little bit, but I do think that Lamar Jackson is going to be on his game. And when it comes to this Browns defense, it certainly has been hit or miss. You just take a look at it, and it feels like every single time they wind up giving up 10 points, they then wind up giving up 42 the next week. I mean, it's been absolutely ridiculous to watch this bunch, though. I do think that you've got a very good front seven. When it comes to Cleveland Browns, I do think that they're going to be able to put a little bit of pressure on Lamar Jackson, but I do think that Jackson going to have a little bit of something in store for these guys as well. I do think that Mr. John Harbaugh is going to do a good job of being able to put Lamar Jackson into good situations. And when it comes to this Ravens run game as well, we haven't seen a lot out of them because, I mean, let's call it what it is, J.K. Dobbins and company. These guys have been out of the fold. But Latavius Murray at the beginning of the year was able to give the team some good production. He wound up getting a little bit banged up ever since then. He's become a little bit of an afterthought. But ever since he wound up becoming an afterthought, Devontae Freeman has been able to do a better job. I'm not saying that Devontae Freeman is going to go out there. He's going to be able to give you 100 plus yards, but he's been a little bit more consistent for this team. At the very least, he's been able to take a little bit of pressure off of Lamar Jackson, and that's what they need. They don't need him to go out there. They don't need him to be a 100-yard rusher, but they do need him to be able to tote the rock about 15 times per game, be able to pick up a couple third and twos, just have teams be able to respect a little bit more of the play action and respect the run. And then when it comes to Hollywood Brown on the outside, he's been able to do a better job ever since he wound up having his drops issues towards the early part of the season. He's really been able to emerge. He's been a little bit more of a consistent target for Lamar Jackson. And when it comes to defenses as well, you've got a Ravens team that maybe deal with a couple of ailments, but I still think that guys like Calais Campbell and company are going to be able to get home on Baker Mayfield. I think that's going to be a tough situation here for the Browns. I think that the money is moving to the wrong side. I do think that the Ravens are just the more complete team in this spot, and I'm going to be looking at them outright on the money line. So I do like the Ravens in this spot to be able to take the series in series from the Browns. And what else I like? Being able to take a look forward to Friday. Going to be refreshing my New York Post pick and just giving you guys what I like in general on this Friday slate. Up next on the look at on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The VEASAN Holiday Offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus you get $20 via VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting gift in your life. That is VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe for that as it is the final segment right here on The Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson. If you're listening to the replay, Follow the Money is going to be coming your way in 15 minutes. If you're listening live, Follow the Money comes your way in 3 hours and 15 minutes and that is going to be from Foxwoods out there in Connecticut. So if you're out there on the East Coast, be sure to stop by. Wish Mitch, and, wish Mitch and Polly well and say hello as they're going to be joined by Brad Powers and they're going to be joined by Adam Chernoff who, congratulations to Adam Chernoff who wound up winning a golden mic for our best guest right here on VEASAN. So got to give him a little bit of a shout out there and you got to give a little bit of a shout out speaking of the East Coast to my New York Post play of the day. I wind up doing one every single day for that fine publication and today we're going to be looking at a school for my home state, actually a school that except to be into college, that's uh, not too many of them, and I think that that speaks to the academic standards, but <laughs> that's aside from it. Academic standards do not matter when it comes to college basketball betting on it, so that's a good thing because we're going to be taking the UW-Milwaukee Panthers against Colorado. If you're looking on the betting board, you've got this as gate number 885-886 right now with Colorado. Finding them in a lot of spots right around a 13.5 point favorite. Might find them a straight 14, might find them a straight 13, but that's what we've got right now. And total on this game, you're finding it in the mid-30s, right around a 134, 134.5. And, and I wound up taking UW-Milwaukee with the New York Post play today. I made them more around an 11-point underdog just because when it comes to Pat Baldwin Jr. and him being back in for UW-Milwaukee, I think that he's one of the most critical players to his respective teams in all of college basketball. There aren't a lot of guys in college basketball that are worth more than four points to the line. I think you could make a case that Pat Baldwin is that because without him on the floor, you saw in the three games that he was missing, UW-Milwaukee, they just weren't able to generate anything offensively when he wanted coming back in that game against Robert Morris. He went 6-6 six of six from three-point range. Team wound up reaching 70-plus points after they had been unable to do so in their previous three games. And those three games were actually against pretty bad defenses. So that speaks to how big of an impact he's able to have. And you've got a Colorado Buffaloes team that comes in not playing their best basketball. In the last five games, they are shooting 25.2% from three-point range in their last five games that have wrapped up in regulation. They have scored 62 points or fewer in four of them. You've got a backcourt that you tell that they are badly missing McKinley Wright the fourth. McKinley Wright the fourth was the heart and soul of this Colorado team. Each out of the last, I'm going to call it four years, not just last year, but each out of the last four, he's out of the full, which means that guys like an Eli Parquet, someone like Keyshawn Bartholomew, they need to step up. And I mean, Bartholomew has been able to give you right around 12 points per game. Parquet has really been not doing anything on offense. We'll call it what it is. Evan Batty's able to give you four and a half rebounds per game, but with Colorado not necessarily having a lot of rebounding, that should bode well for UW-Milwaukee team that they themselves have not been able to get a lot down low as well. You were hoping for a little bit of something out of Moses Bull. The transfer from Central Florida is over seven feet tall. Just has not been able to get out there and on the floor for UW-Milwaukee. Vin Baker Jr. has been a little bit of a buster Rooney as well, but you do take a look at what you're able to get out of DeAndre Golson. Someone who is the main running make of of Tejan Lucas last season. He's been able to give the team right around 15 points per game. He's chipping in their five-plus rebounds. That's going to be good. And Donovan Newby does a good job of being able to facilitate the offense when it comes to this UW-Milwaukee team as well, giving out three assists. 
relatively solid three-point shooter. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here. When it comes to this UW-Milwaukee team, I'm going to be taking the points. That is going to be the New York Post play today. And I also think that both of these offenses are going to be able to get online a little bit more. UW-Milwaukee, far from an efficient defense. You've also got a Colorado team that they themselves have been giving up the arc a little bit as well. So I take a look at the spot. I think that you've got good value here with the over as well. Set the total in the low 140s, more around a 143. So I take a look at the over and the New York Post play of the day that you're going to be able to read in the morning paper. It's going to be the UW-Milwaukee Panthers catching the points, whether that be 13.5 or 14. That depends on your book at this point. But when it comes to the rest of the slate that we got for college basketball on Friday, I do think that there are some interesting games on the added board. You've got 306-111, 306-112. You've got the New Jersey Institute of Technology, and they're going to be taking on Army. Army is finding themselves in between a 2 and 2.5 two and point underdog with your total anywhere between 135 and 135.5. And it goes to one of my big themes when it comes to college basketball betting. When it comes to tight spreads like this, you typically don't want to be rolling the dice on a team that does not shoot it well from the free throw line. Army, over the last three years, has been one of the worst teams at the free throw line. And shock, shock, surprise, surprise, they have been doing a poor job at the free throw line once again this year. Hey, we talked about a different Army team in the first segment of this hour, talking about the Army-Navy game. But when it comes to Army football, typically discipline. Army basketball, not as disciplined as they are currently shooting as a collective. 61.9% at the free throw line. Out of 358 D1 teams, that is 348th. When you think Army, you don't think of a team that misses a lot of free throws. And they have actually been there the last few years. This is also a team that they commit right around 14 turnovers per game. So they don't do a good job of being able to hold it down. And this is not a team that necessarily has ideal size. Now, I will say, Jalen Rucker out there in the backcourt has been able to do a nice job. He and Josh Caldwell are combining for about 29 points per game, 9.5 boards. And with these two guys, they're able to combine for 6 assists per game. But you can tell that they're missing the funk. Last year, Tommy Funk was able to give the team 6 assists. He was able to be an electrifying scorer for the team. You just don't have as much of that this year. Rucker is shooting 42% from three-point range. But other than Aaron Duart, you really have no outside shooting when it comes to the team. And for the New Jersey Institute of Technology, it has been a strange road for them. But this is a team that about a week and a half ago, they wanted taking St. John's overtime on their home floor. Now, this is a St. John's team that I'm starting to sell on. They wound up getting all that they could handle for Monmouth. Not a bad school, but when you're St. John's and you're at home, you've got to be able to take care of Monmouth. They weren't able to do the sell. But you take a look at NJIT, Donor O'Hearn, and Miles Coleman. These two guys are combining for about 35 points per game. They're both able to give you two assists. It's an NJIT team that, when it comes to facilitation, they sort of do it by committee. You've got each of your top four scores giving you at least two assists per game. Nobody that's giving you more than three. So it's just pretty much a little bit of isolation when it comes to the team. It's a lot of just sort of mixing and shaking. I do like what you're able to get out of Antoine Butler. He came in from Austin P a few years ago. He's been able to shoot right around 35% from three-point range. He's been able to haul in there right around five and a half rebounds per game. Now, when it comes to this NJIT team, it's not like they've got necessary ideal size as well, but I do think that Solomon Diakite is going to be able to give you a little bit of something. He's pretty much a designated rebounder with five boards per game. Does a good job of on-ball defending. And then when it comes to this NJIT team as well, what I do like about this team is the fact that they've been able to do a good job of being able to turn over their opponents. They're forcing 15 turnovers per game. This is a bunch in Army that sometimes gets a little bit outside themselves. They go a little bit too fast for their own good. I do think that this is a game that is going to involve some late game fouling. And what that means is that the Army team that is currently shooting as a collective 62% of the free throw line is going to be behind the eight ball in this game. Set NJIT as a five-point favorite. Take a look at this game as well. Set it at 141. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here to the over. And I do think that the New Jersey Institute of Technology does wind up being able to get it done. And then we've also got a game involving a team that I think is in the bottom 15 in all of college basketball, IUPUI versus Tennessee State. Hit on this one a little bit earlier, but you take a look at this IUPUI team, and it is very right that this total wound up going from 130 to 126.5. I wound up taking the early under on this game just because with IEPUI, this has been a team that has been turning the ball over 18 times per game. Now, my total on this game is more around a 127. So we've already went through my number. I'm very curious to see if this winds up going down, down, down because now you're in a spot where with IEPUI, a team that has yet to score 60 points against a D1 team this year, they might not need to get to 60 in order for this total to cash because IEPUI has played all of their first seven games to the under, but 
And take a look at Tennessee, say, I recognize that this is a team that lost to Chicago State, and we'll give Chicago State their flowers. They've actually played a little bit better this year, but I do think that what is going to be a big difference maker for this Tennessee State team is Edric Boyd. Vines coming in from Illinois State, shooting 44% from three. 89% the free throw line. That's big because Tennessee State, they have been one of the lesser teams when it comes to free throw shooting all season long. But with IUPUI, this is a good team to fade in this spot, and this is going to be a good team to fade moving forward until we wind up seeing a shift in numbers. As I always say, you're not betting teams, you're not betting numbers, but we're going to need to see a quantum shift here with IUPUI because you got B.J. Maxwell. He winds up coming in from Abilene Christian's NCAA tournament team of the 2018-19 season. He's been able to give the team 12.5 points, 5 rebounds per game. Nobody else on IUPUI is averaging more than five and a half points per game. When you're turning the ball over 18 and a half times per game, when you're playing at a snail's pace, that is not a good recipe for success. You've got a Tennessee State team that, after they were one of the least disciplined in all of college basketball the last few years, they've been able to do a good, better job of being able to lock it in. Carlos Marshall is someone that missed all of last year. He's back being able to give the team 12 points per game. I set this line personally at 13, so getting between 8.5 and, and 9 here to Tennessee State, I do think is bearing some good value. And something else that bears great value, all the programming that we have over here at VEASAN. If you're listening to me live, well, you're going to be hearing me again for the next three hours. If you're listening to the replay, it is going to be Mitch and Polly coming your way from Foxwoods up next, and that is right here on the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game so you can make every game. 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 At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.